You're listening to the Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. He cleaned her cuts and then we prayed. Oh, Dallas, shine with the I remember the band name, the Silver Jews, singing about Dallas. They make fun of Dallas in this song. And our Winnipeg song was I Hate I Winnipeg. I Hate Winnipeg. I Hate Winnipeg. We don't have a song that says I Hate Dallas. I couldn't find one. This is the closest I could that kind of made fun of the commercialization and the... Uh, the sprawl? The sprawl, the buildup of Dallas. One ben point the- it says like he used to have a million lights, you know, like... Not night, you know, stars in the sky and stuff like that, and then it, you know, into like a million windows or whatever. So making fun of what's well, weird about downtown Dallas. Not only it's spread out, Arlington is huge, Fort Worth is huge. The baseball is in Arlington. Don't they all hate each other? Those cities. It too? sounds right, but I still think of the Rangers ballpark as one of the newer ones. They're replacing it last year. <laughs> It was one of the early retro kind of cool looking stadiums. And I still remember Roy Firestone doing a piece like walking around like, look at this thing. How cool is this? It's getting replaced already. But Dallas angst or animosity, even with, I mean, unless you go back to the North Stars, which is Minnesota, so it doesn't really count. There really isn't a lot of, like if it had been Nashville, we would have been all over the country. Buggers, we would have probably had to have had Jeff Fisher on the show. But with Dallas, yeah, and Ben Bishop's the goalies from St. Louis. Hey, we kind of like Ben Bishop. I guess we're we're building up our animosity towards Jamie Ben. Game three coming your way tonight, just past seven o'clock. Chuck Marlowe is probably on like his fourth connection to get to Dallas. You couldn't get direct, and yet no, I, no I'm kidding. I hope not. But I'm just when you travel these days, especially if you're trying to save your company a little you bit of money, sixty bucks if you go through Nashville, then the Charlotte, right. Atlanta, then into Dallas. You can fly into Austin and drive to Dallas. I'm thinking he'll buddy up to Strick. Well, he's Strick. I've always liked those segments on Wednesday, even though I skip a lot of them. <laughs> you know, he's we should really there. we should really hang out more when. Uh, when are you going back? I'll bet you this is just a there and back. Like, go to the game. Not hanging out for three, four days. It's probably do the game, turn around, and come back on a PJ. So, Chuck will check in on Tuesday, live from Dallas, as we've got Stars coverage uh, that you can count on. I think that's a TV thing. I don't know if we can say that on a 590. Coverage that's, you can count coverage on? Coverage you can count well, that's on? That's a Fox thing. So it is can, a Fox thing. We can say it here. Coverage that you can sometimes count on. The Blues did up their game for... Game two at Enterprise on Saturday. Mr. Gary was part of the Jumbotron. Was he really? Yes. I forget. He had his scepter. He had his uh, fez. His, do you remember, Sally, what he was? He instructed the crowd at one point, but it was, hey, y'all, Mr. Gary's here. I was actually at Bush during game two, so I didn't get okay. to see it. Mr. And they roll a lot of the stuff out for the next game. So if you go to game five on Friday, you may see him. I do have an idea. For the Chaser introduction, you've probably heard about this or you've seen it online, where he gives this Chaser-esque kind of speech. And I think it's as much for the fans as it is like the city, and it's kind of a rallying cry for the players where people said we couldn't make it, we weren't going to be good enough, and we overcame, and their whole storyline of this year, but delivered 
in dramatic fashion, you know, kind of Herb Brooks-esque. But because that's played a bunch now, and he ends with, buddy, we're still here. That's the catch line that people are, you know, playing off. What if you have a, a redo of that? And now the fans that go to almost all the games, a lot of people I think are going to many, so they've seen this. They know what's coming. But Chaser's sitting there, and he's got the script. He's like, all right, let's get this going again for round two. And he's holding the script. And then somebody comes along, and maybe it's Twister. Just, I'll take it from here. Wow. Like a new like a new dramatic. So a Tony Twist twist is what you A want. twist of sorts. Wow. Or it could be uh, Pronger can't do it because he works for the Panthers. But somebody, maybe it's Brett who grabs it. Big Walt. I'll take it from here. Yeah, something like that. Because now that everybody is expecting, it's like all you Game of Thrones freaks. The, the wow. Re- no, I'm sure you guys are freaks about it. You're okay. obsessed with it. Okay. People that are into the green- Game of Thrones, I get it. It's the greatest show ever. You guys are freaks <laughs> about it. You're sitting around all day Sunday. Oh, my God, it's only six hours. Oh, my God, five hours. Oh my- You like a plot twist, do you not? Yeah, sure. Everybody likes a good plot twist. So I'm saying if the blue, I'm going to get to Mike Caruso on this. Don't you think that's a good way to fresh? You're going to give Mike Caruso more work to do is what you're saying. Correct. And then Chase will be like, hey, buddy, I'm the star of the Jumbotron, and now you're going to take that away from me? It's just like my ice time going away. I just thought it would be a fun way to mix it up a little bit. That's all. I'm an idea guy, Hoff. I didn't say they were all good ideas, but I'm an idea guy. Uh, this Friday, we're going to be at Rosalita's, I believe. For uh, the Cinco de Mayo celebration. That is on Sunday, but uh, since we don't have a show on Sunday, it'll instead be on Friday, and it'll be an all-day remote for 5 Night of the Fan. That begins with the morning after all the way until 6 p.m. Rosalita's Cantina, this is the one off Washington Avenue, not the one in De Pere. Uh, it is St. Louis's go-to Tex-Mex throughout the year, but on May 5th, it is St. Louis's go-to Cinco de Mayo party spot. Live music all day featuring DJ Music, Mariacha Mendez, STL, and the Latin band, Vladimir Ferreira. You can ride the Mechanical Bowl, two balloon twisters, and two face painters will be there. Tex-Mex, margaritas, and Cinco de Mayo done right. It's all happening at Rosalita's on Washington Avenue. I shouldn't ask you a question because you probably don't know the answer. You just have the copy in front of you. Yes. But when you say DJ Music, that means there'll be a DJ playing music. Or is there a guy who goes around and calls himself? DJ Music. Hey, what's up? I'm DJ Music. Ooh, good question. It's probably a DJ who happens to be playing music. Probably. That's if, my guess. If I had to guess. Uh, Cardinal News, Michael Waka has been activated from the IL. They said it was real brief that he oh, wasn't going to be going long. IL. What's that? It's late April. You've already... I've adjusted. That was pretty seamless. I think when we had Bob Carpenter on earlier, he started to say the D. Yeah. We all catch ourselves. The D.I.L. Back from the IL, Ryan Helsley is shipped out to make room. For Waka. All right, time now for. I feel like I've thrown a lot at you numbers wise. Some of them were long term projects, but it's time for the end of the day. Oh, yeah, I don't have the crocky stuff. The end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this. Though I do have, in order for the Blues to, uh, to win tonight, they'll have to achieve their fourth straight. Road victory in postseason play. They won all three in Winnipeg. This is the first road game against Dallas. Martin, the Blues haven't done that since the 1969 postseason. They won two against the Flyers in Philly in the first round. 
two against the Kings in the second round, and then that was it. They, they swept both those series, and then they got swept themselves by the Canadians in the Stanley Cup So it's final. going to be a historic night in Dallas. It is. Good reason to hop on a PJ and get to the game. Does that mean they're going to win? Is that your prediction tonight? I think they'll win, win tonight. Okay. I thought they were going to lose Saturday, and I honestly I got shamed by Chuck, I think, into not being away. It was a Friday. We're all having fun. I'm like, sure, they'll win. I thought it would be high-scoring Saturday. That is true. You did call that. I, I thought it would be even a little higher scoring, but it was high scoring. I think tonight is lower scoring. I think the Blues are going to win 3-1. Cardinals? Uh, How does Block a fair? What's your prediction for his first start off the I.L.? Yeah. He doesn't seem very optimistic at all. I think he'll be okay. Okay. That's a terrible answer, but yeah. I think he'll be okay. I'll say Cards lose, Blues win. In case you're curious, uh, Peter Junta? Peter Junta, yeah. Junta is a senior defensive assistant for the New Orleans Saints. He has won three Super Bowls as a uh, defensive coordinator or a defensive backs coach. He won two at the Giants under uh, Tom Coughlin as a defensive backs coach. As I recall, he was a really good guy and adopted a bunch of kids. We did a bunch of feature stories when he was here. But he was the co-defensive coordinator. I guess it might have been the Super Bowl year. He was. Uh, so was John Bunting. He was last seen. Last seen like he's missing. <laughs> he was last seen. <laughs> uh, last seen, as you mentioned, the uh, North Carolina head coach. He went 27 and 45 there, though he did uh, win, Martin, a Peach Bowl. Uh, he beat Auburn in the 2001 Peach Bowl. But yeah, that sounds like a seven, eight year run. I mean, that's from 01 to 06. Okay, a pretty good run. Yeah, uh, it was a bad run though. Well, eight, I'm saying long. I'm saying longer than I thought. I thought he was there for like three or four years. Eight and five, three and nine, two and ten, six and six, five and six, three and nine. He lost the Continental Tire Bowl. Once you lose the Continental Tire Bowl, you Martin, go. you're done. People are like, "Hey, you had a pretty good run there." Yeah, no, but you, I mean, you st- stuck around for a couple years. Yeah, I did. Uh, he's been working as a commentator and announcer for college football, according to Wikipedia. It does not, however, mention the, uh, the the network. Sounds made up. It does sound. <laughs> hey, what do Let's you do? I'm college, college announcer. Who are you with? Oh, a lot of people. Should we do that? Just go through next football season. How about we do this? We go through old Rams coordinators or coaches for various positions, and let's try to get them on. Just cause. I think you're like. Being truthful, a lot of Vermeil's staff may have passed. He had a really old staff when he started. <laughs> Dick Corey and others. Um, who would be some fun ones along the way there? I mean, Lovey Smith's a little busy right now. Who was, when Lovey left, who was the defensive coordinator? Uh, so Lovey left after 03. Hold on, Sally. Hold on, hold on, Sally. So it would have been the 04. Was Larry Marmee the one who followed Larry Lovey Marmee. Smith? And they struggled a little bit on defense. Larry Marmy, we had a March clip where he said, and Larry, who uh, is the best, even though the team was giving him like 30 a game. <laughs> but then Marmy was March's coordinator, defense coordinator in the AAF, the recently disbanded AAF. Oh, boy. I really want, I want March to get a job, another, in like the WWE one. By the way, Max Scherzer's The WWE F- one, also know. known as the XFL. I got like three hours of sleep. Maybe night, our so. team names. I don't know these How things. about our team names that are rejected? For the soccer team, the MLS, we'll give them over to the what XFL. Should, I feel like we, we missed that. What should we name the XFL team? That should have the town hall meeting. I'm not going to go to a town hall meeting discussing what the MLS team should be called. I'd go for the the XFL one. 
Just to see who's there. Because you would think People watch. that they would want it to be sort of outlandish yes. or sort of unique or silly. Yes. Uh, by the way, Max Scherzer's FIP suggests that his ERA is uh, an anomaly. 4.12 earned run average. Last year it was 2.53. His uh, fielding independent pitching is 2.25. So he'll be just fine. He leads, I, by I'm the way, in strikeouts per nine innings, 12.5. I'm not worried about Max Scherzer. But it's still 4.12 surprises you a little bit. Would you rather miss him or are you happy to seeing him? No, I'd rather miss him. <laughs> By the way, credit to the Cardinals. If remember the early on in the season, a huge startling number, total number of strikeouts for, for the team. I've been thinking about this because we stopped talking about it. Yes. We were only doing the math when they were striking out like 18 times a game. And it was, to be fair, startling. And, yes. were, and they had that extra inning affair against Pittsburgh that went 10 or 11 innings but struck out 17 times, which is a huge number, even in an extra inning game. As we sit here, the morning of afternoon, rather, of Monday, April 29th, Cardinals, 25th in baseball, in strikeouts. They, got, they have the lowest strikeout total in the National League. It's 225. They have the lowest? Yes. In the, the Red Sox, the A's, the Astros, Twins, and the Angels are lower. So uh, Herb Alvert and the Tijuana Brass, this guy's maybe working out. Credit to them. They are sixth in baseball in uh, runs scored as well. That mark is third best in the National League. They have 149 runs scored. The two teams in front of them in terms of runs, the Dodgers have played three more games, and the Diamondbacks have played two more games. It is a great reminder that the media is the worst. We are the best. Because we don't even talk you about know, maybe, it. How, maybe we fixed it. Maybe we said they're striking out too much, and they all went, oh, my God, they're right. Mo was listening. <laughs> well, I just heard we had 17. <laughs> this is too many. Change it up. Uh, also on OPS, they are a seventh. I will say... And this is totally subjective. On Saturday, I'm not sure if you were watching it or not. I was. I had the Blues game on on the TV and on my iPad. I had the Cardinal game. Just keeping a look on that. And Sally, maybe you can speak up to this. Because um, a lot of discussion about Goldschmidt replacing Albert has been centered around power, and he's shown quite a bit of that this month. But fifth or sixth inning on Saturday, before Ozuna's double, that kind of broke the game open. No one on two outs. Paul Goldschmidt worked a nine-pitch walk that seemed to really wear down the red starter and sparked that that two-run rally. And that, to me, was more Albert-esque than anything he has done this month. That was a beautiful at-bat. What Goldschmidt did. You yes, said that reminded that you albert Such Ask. a good at-bat. And that wore down the pitcher and, st- and started the rally. I've noticed that Goldschmidt, he's probably the closest thing that we've seen to the old Albert. Remember, Albert, when he first came here, he wasn't trying to hit home runs. He just Sprayed would hit it. hard, and a lot of balls would go over the wall, but he would work at bats, bring great defense. He was not just a one-dimensional slugger, and that's more of the Paul Goldschmidt that we see right now. It's hard to imagine, Albert, that you're watching now at this point in his career. Played third base. played. I think it was played second. Left field. left field, and he had an arm injury where he couldn't throw the ball, and Tony said, it's all right, he'll just get it to the shortstop. <laughs> he almost had to like hand it off before. like a baton. He started Randall Gritchick when he couldn't throw in center field. He had to hand it off to Hayward. And then I believe his first All-Star game, Albert, was a second baseman. Yeah, he Picture him at second there. base. Like in your head right now, think of Albert. I mean, it's not, and picture him at I mean, second Mike base. Stockets might be playing some second base this year. So it's it's just hard to. to and then Tony always said, that he'd be a great fielding first baseman. We're all like, yeah, and he actually was a pretty good fielding first baseman. All right, that's the end of the day.
That's the end of the day, but it's not the end of our business here because we got Uncle Milty, who is just across the way. Just down the street from us, Mark Milton at STL Tax Lawyer. And uh, it's important to note that if the, any issues with the IRS keeping you up at night, maybe you just decided not to pay taxes this year, which is bad. You shouldn't do that. I advise against that. That's my tax well, lawyer there's advice. Well, there's a hot take. <laughs> uh, if you are having tax issues, if they're taking away your money because you didn't pay, you should contact former Department of Justice Tax Division Attorney Mark Milton at stltaxlawyer.com, Mark Milton provides a local and holistic approach to tax resolution. Do not be sucked into the out-of-town tax resolution services you hear on TV and radio. Mark lives and works right here in the Kirkwood area at Woodlawn in Manchester. So if you have IRS problems, visit stltaxlawyer.com today. Remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. Heard from uh, Bob Carpenter of the Nationals. Earlier was Chris Kerber. We have our game day visits with the Voice of the Blues. We also heard from Puck Daddy. No, Daddy Padre. Daddy Padre. Puck Daddy is Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. Okay, Daddy Padre and, and then Big Al. It's fault. been a big day on the midday grind. We'll we try heard way and... too much about Big Al because of you. <laughs> well, big Al's fired up. Yeah. Daddy Padre has to direct message me because we don't read the, the text line. Yeah, I guess you don't ask good questions, too. So Daddy Padre is giving you questions to ask in the blues locker room. and the was scrum the i don't i didn't i think he was just doing sort of his breakdown of the recent scrums and i think he loves binner's demeanor if i can if i'm reading the between the tea leaves there is that what happened okay. all right the hard line is coming up next right here on five nine to the fan congratulations